Hi everyone, welcome back to Sustainability Speaks, where are your hosts, Stasia and Saskia. For our new series, we've been hosting guests with a passion for sustainability. On today's podcast, we're excited to welcome Francesca, who is the founder of Upcycle Studios. Francesca, would you like to introduce yourself, tell us a bit about Upcycle Studio and how it all started? Hi, yeah, I'm Francesca and I started Upcycle Studio in May 2020, um, so I'm a lockdown business and um, I founded it because I was put on furlough and wanted to spend my time uh, doing something that I enjoyed. So I've always upcycled my own furniture for my house um, because when I moved in, I couldn't afford to furnish the whole house. So I really found an interest in what I was doing and found the whole process enjoyable of upcycling furniture. So I founded Upcycle Studio to offer good quality, affordable furniture and textiles to fit in a contemporary home and and to suit up-to-date interior styles. So paint furniture for people, I can source furniture. I have recently launched a new range of furniture and we upcycle textiles as well into more contemporary pieces that you'd have around your home. And uh, do you have a creative background or is it, you know, just something that you you know you've always been creative on the side or did you perhaps study you know something in the area to be honest i've always been creative and it's something that i carried throughout school and particularly on the textiles front like i always did gcse textiles and a-level textiles and like the art side of things as well as like the technical textiles um and i kind of followed that through into university funnily enough got a degree in textiles (laughs) and then After that, I kind of moved down a marketing route um, and I I followed that, I think, for about five or six years and obviously furlough put that to an end Um, and I obviously had to fill my time for that lockdown and I was kind of getting back and just really enjoying being more creative and a lot more hands-on and that's kind of reignited my sort of interest and passion and enjoyment um, in it. Oh, it's great that you got to do something that you're interested in. So do you do this as a full-time job now or are you still working in marketing? Yeah, um, so it's now my full-time job, Yeah. Um, which is really cool. Um, yeah, that's really cool. In September, I think I was brought back into work and I just realised it it completely wasn't for me. And especially now that I've seen a different side to life and reassess all my priorities yeah I wanted to kind of expand the business and see where it could go and just really enjoy my time doing it yeah that's great um very brave (laughs) so (laughs) yeah so that's very admirable um I just wanted to ask what prompted you to get into the sustainability space was that something in mind when you started your business or did it just fall into place because as you said you upcycled a lot of your own furniture just you know out of convenience and with starting your business was sustainability an aspect that you had in mind or did it just kind of fall into place yeah so it completely fell into place to be honest and so there's kind of two um sides to it, i guess really in the um obviously I, I did start um the business because that was something i was really interested in um and i was doing it for myself but also i'm trying to live a more sustainable life and the more i kind of put the two together the more it completely makes sense that yeah i want nice affordable furniture but also that's good quality and i'm not gonna like 
even if I am fed up of it, I'm not going to throw it away. I'm then going to pass it on to somebody else. But equally, it completely fits that why should I go out and buy something brand new when there's all of this, like, 22 million pieces of furniture are thrown away every year in the UK. And, like, so much of that is good quality. And that, to me, is, like, a really obvious starting point and if I can't find exactly what I'm looking for and I can't tailor it to what I want maybe then I'll start to look for brand new furniture yeah so yeah god that number is so high that's 22 million every year just in the UK that's a bit ridiculous I wouldn't have thought people throw away furniture so liberally yeah no I know it's crazy isn't it I yeah. was looking into it actually around like World Earth Day and all of these sorts of days and like when I actually saw the statistic, it made me even more like passionate to kind of actually combat this. And it's not that like these these pieces of furniture are sparse or few or far between. It's just that I and many other people can look at it with a slightly different eye and repurpose it. I guess. Yeah, I guess yeah, that's I guess- a big thing of it. A, a, a big thing that has to do with this is the quality of furniture that a lot of people purchase. Yeah. Because inevitably i mean ikea has some absolute great pieces but the, that's kind of the big the first big um you know sh- furniture shop that comes to mind and yeah definitely a lot of the stuff that they produce is very you know low sing- quality low quality yeah. single use but i guess they are trying to combat it in a way you know how they implemented their scheme um mm-hmm. where yeah, it was yeah. recyclable um do you know anything about that because i would just be curious to know what your opinion is on it um, to be honest, I started looking into it quite recently, um, and I only know that you can kind of, once you're finished with an item, take it back to them, and then they give you an amount of money for whatever you've given them. I haven't quite got to the stage of seeing like what they do with the furniture afterwards, because I think that would be really interesting to kind of delve further into, because like you say, that there is a slight reputation that it's not the highest quality, and I mean, it does only have a certain lifetime so yeah that side of things I would actually be interested in finding out a little bit more about but I think it's a brilliant scheme because it already stops that going into landfill doesn't it which is the end game so yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and the best thing about IKEA anyway is how affordable it is Um, anyone well most people can afford to buy it so that's sort of the point is that everybody should be allowed to have nice furniture and by having a scheme where you can get money back so you can actually buy the furniture at a lower price the secondhand furniture so then that's even more affordable yeah exactly so that's how i sort of see like upcycle studio mm-hmm. as well because yeah. it is like okay we've got a secondhand piece of furniture we're making it fit into this specific room i guess it is a lot more affordable because it obviously has like lost its initial value um but then once you're finished with it you either repurpose it or you can then sell it on as well and it's the same sort of cycle and again it's making much higher quality pieces of furniture so much more accessible to everybody yeah so could you talk us a bit through your process of how you do things where do you source the furniture from or you know do clients come to you with their pieces asking you to upcycle them or what, what's the process yeah so it's a bit of both i've kind of built up commissions now which mm-hmm. is cool so people do come to me and say i've got 
X, Y, and Z. For example, I've had a whole bedroom suite from a client, which she's had for years, and just needs a bit of an update. It's absolutely beautiful quality. It just needs to kind of fit with her new interior style. So that's kind of one aspect of the business, definitely. And then the other side, which is something I've really recently launched, which is um, a new furniture range. And that is me sourcing my own furniture and upcycling it in a more contemporary style that's kind of fitting with modern trends so there is a lot of neutral but also there's kind of black thrown in there as well um and i kind of added in a couple of accent colors too so people can choose what really suits their style and that is literally sourcing things from all over the place so face at marketplace ebay gumtree it's nice how people are actually approaching me and saying like i've got this it's good quality are you interested in it which is yeah is really nice as well there's two sides to it definitely yeah and then so when you upcycle furniture do you for example paint it differently or do you upholster it or do you you know make different things out of it like what 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 do you actually do because i'm just very curious I i don't know like what the process is yeah no that's cool so um we tend to paint things but also we can like completely just strip it down and wax it so it's a lot more of a natural feel or um like i reupholstered chairs in the past or added like a bench seat to a blanket box just whatever really needs to bring it kind of up to date so yeah i don't tend to like completely change the like the shape and the structure of it yeah so i know you said that you like to use a lot of neutrals and blacks do your pieces all follow a similar theme or do you just look at a piece and imagine what you can create and just create that rather than sort of making everything the same style yeah so i originally i started doing that and i got really creative with like individual pieces and was looking at it and thinking like oh I was doing like stripes down tables and all sorts and it it was really cool and I really enjoyed it and then I started um thinking about the waste element of that as well Mm -hmm. and I started collecting like loads of tins of different colored paints and different finishes and all sorts and I thought actually there's probably a middle ground between mass-produced furniture and really individual styled pieces so i've kind of taken the route now of selecting a few key colors and picking out styles that i kind of think go in each home so sort of a chest of drawers bedside tables coffee tables all of this sort of thing and sort of thought that i could then source these pieces again and again and again and actually somebody can come to me and order that style so you can see what you're looking at and you can say oh actually I'd quite like that because I, I, I've noticed a lot of people sort of struggle with visualizing what something could look like and quite often I'll post a picture on Facebook of something I've done and somebody will then message me and say oh I've got a drawers like that could you please do this to mine so I'm kind of going down the route now that I actually think these key pieces could be done in these key colours and you can sort of add your own selection of which colour you'd like, but it's all following this sort of similar style. 
Another thing that's really good about how you do it is the fact that if if things aren't quite as eccentric, they're more one of two, three colours, then they're likely to have a longer life cycle because they'll match people's houses for much longer and so people will keep them rather than having a really unique piece that they fall in love with and then and hate, love yeah, it, yeah. in like five years time. So it's really good that you kind of keep things a bit more neutral and a bit more personal. Who would you say that your target customers are? I think there's sort of two target customers mm-hmm. and I think the first is probably more commissions based and that is kind of people that have been in their home probably 20-ish years, they've had this furniture around, they bought good quality furniture in the first place and they are just looking um, for an update. So I think that's, um, yeah, quite a, I don't want to say straightforward. Yeah, that's the first customer base. Yeah. And then the second customer base, I think, is a little bit more varied, and that's probably for the furniture range. And I think that kind of covers the bases that I keep sort of talking about. So somebody that's looking for affordable, good quality furniture that can't necessarily go out and buy from their ideal place and I can either source something for them and that could be a commission so I source a piece of furniture I do it up to how they want it exactly obviously then sort of change the handles paint it can change legs etc etc so they have sort of a bespoke piece of furniture so I guess those people could also be somebody that has bought a new house or is renting a new place um, or is simply doing up their house and then in addition to that, I think it is people that are looking for a more sustainable lifestyle and it's somebody that is really aware of, well, maybe not quite aware of how much is thrown away um, every year, but actually wants to become part of more sustainable lifestyle. So filling their house with personal things that don't have this huge conscience weighing down on them because maybe they might get bored of it. And to be honest, I get bored of what's in my house but I don't feel guilt whatsoever for that because I buy something, I do it how I like it, if it doesn't quite fit there anymore or if I get bored of it, change my mind, I then sell it on and to be honest, I've not really lost much money mm-hmm. and I can then replace it with something else at second hand and I think that kind of cycle of things is so much more guilt-free. <laughs> yeah, coming off of that, you made a really good point about you know people who that you know the purpose of all of this is also for people who are trying to live a more sustainable lifestyle and what you do is obviously very client facing so i'm just curious as to what your opinion is in relation to how how important it is for individuals purchasing you know furniture or textiles which everyone does it's a, it's a it's a universal thing that everyone does how important is is it for them to keep sustainability in mind Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I see, I'm always on Facebook Marketplace, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And these are the people that are at least being a little bit more conscious that they don't want to throw something away straight away because they're bored of it. But there's so many textiles that are listed that, fine, a pair of curtains can be dated or it just doesn't suit anymore. And there's no reason whatsoever that that can't be turned into something that you actually do like 
or you've grown out of some clothes or you can't fit in your clothes anymore it's been locked down right <laughs> but there's there's no reason that that can't even be turned into like scrunchies or um like i've made placemats out of curtains before or table runners um and things that on first glance look a bit not right or not to your taste and actually look beautiful when repurposed mm-hmm. so now you said that you're creative do you also upcycle clothes then yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> i've got um some of my partner's old shirts he mm-hmm. they're too big for him now and i've turned those into scrunchies and um i made my own little like advent calendar with like small gift bags that were out of another old shirt yeah i like to kind of I'm a bit of a hoarder, <laughs> but I like to take a bit of time kind of thinking about what I could do with something before getting rid of it. Or, I mean, and when I say I get rid of it, I will pass it on to charity, sell it, close bank, etc., etc. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh, it must be so nice, you know, being able to be so creative because I did textiles at school as well. It was um, compulsory. And my mum taught me how to, you know, I can sew a button and if something rips, I can do that. But, you know, when it comes to actually making things, yeah, I, I, I'm useless. Yeah, as am I. I just bought a sewing machine, actually. I'm about to start sewing classes because I want to be able to learn to upcycle clothes like mm. you do. So I'm very jealous that you have these skills. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many um, brilliant tutorials, though. Mm. And I think it's, um, it's quite important, like for you guys, even just sort of simple things like putting a button back on sewing something when it's got a hole in rather than just being like oh it's got a hole it's got to go in the bin mm-hmm, yeah. um making quite simple things i mean i've been on youtube and reminded myself of some of the um sort of stitches that i need to use or to give myself ideas i go on pinterest and stuff yeah it's just kind of remembering to look at things slightly differently mm. and just taking a little bit more time over it yeah, I suppose it's the same thing with furniture as well. Old clothes generally tend to be so much better quality. Yeah, well, when you have when you go to like a vintage store or a vintage flea market, and you have those. One time, my mum and I bought this chest of drawers, which was ancient, but it was like it could have lived forever. Mm. And I mean, it still does. It's still at the house. Yeah, old pieces so, are just built built different. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Also, you said that your business is very, very new. Um, and mm-hmm. are you a one-person team or? I consider myself a one-and-a-half-person team. Okay. <laughs> so um, I obviously do this full-time and mm-hmm. um, I kind of do the running of the business. And then um, my partner, it would be unfair not to mention him because <laughs> he does an awful lot of the legwork. Yeah. And he's got very into sanding furniture down and that's his domain. and yeah so we work really well together mm-hmm. um and that he kind of helps with all the furniture side of things like the practical bits um and comes with me to collect the furniture so yeah he's called matt yeah shout out to matt <laughs> yeah shout yeah. out to matt <laughs> yeah no, absolutely and i guess what i wanted to ask off of that is the what role do you see you know small businesses like yourself who are, are more sustainable and are putting out that message, you know, to um, consumers, what role do you think that has in society as opposed to Ikea, for example, going back to, you know, the, the good example of Ikea? 
No, definitely. Mm. To be honest, I think um, everything starts with one person doing something. Yeah. And I think you've kind of got one voice from a small business, but you've got a very connected network that you are speaking directly to. Um, all be that starting with family, friends, their family and friends, and building your own kind of client base that you actually have a close connection with. And you kind of, you're making a bit of a difference. You're sharing how it changes your personal life and the personal changes that you're making within your life that becomes then a conversation. And I think it's absolutely important for big brands to be talking about it. And absolutely, it's great that they're starting these schemes. I just think there's there's not the same personal touch and collection. And there's less of a... I think you get like a realisation that this is one person doing this. I'm one person and I can do it too. Whereas if it's a big brand, you're like, oh, well, of course they can do it. Mm-hmm. Um They've, they've got the money, the people, the resources, et cetera, et cetera, to put this in place. Um, so I think it is absolutely important for small businesses to be shouting about it because I think there is a real difference that individuals can make. Yeah, and also the current small businesses are the businesses of the future. So mm. I'm sure a lot of big brands are still going to be present here in you know, 10, 20 years, but businesses which are very new and small now you know, if they're successful to an extent and hopefully don't stop, they then will also become much more established and have a lot more influence in the business world. Yeah, and I'd love to see there be more collaboration as well, because if we are, I mean, ideally, we are all moving towards a more sustainable future and the more businesses support each other, the bigger and better this all becomes. So, yeah, I'd love to, I'd love supporting small businesses and I'm definitely doing that so much more than I ever have before. And I think it's really nice as well watching them sort of grow and you feel part of it. Yeah, absolutely. That's how I think through doing this podcast, we've met you know so many people who, are, who share a very similar passion to do with sustainability, whether it's more environmental or more social, um, et cetera. And I think that very much also inspires you to like, continue yeah <laughs> keep going it's a nice community it's nice when everyone is on your corner wanting you to do well and helping mm. and there's there's so many sort of what really are quite small changes that you can make and you can really kind of when you hear about different businesses you're like that's a wicked idea like and it doesn't you don't feel like you've got to make a huge sacrifice or you've got to spend loads of money on this sort of thing it's not a huge investment it's actually quite an enjoyable purchase and journey to follow so what are your future goals and ambitions where do you see yourself in five years oh five years um i have recently qualified as an interior designer so i would absolutely be adding that onto the business and i'd love to kind of create these interiors that also utilize upcycled furniture and reclaimed materials and like accessories to create like a really contemporary sort of vibe whilst being sustainable and I I think that would be something I'm really really interested in heading towards and I'd love to see the furniture range that we put out is quite minimal at the moment 
and I'd love to see that expanding and like a revision of the key colours and kind of bringing that through each year I think that would be really exciting and sort of on the textiles front as well so at the moment I'm kind of going down a living and dining route so a lot of table runners and placemats and things like that Um, and I'd love to see that expand as well so really kind of growth and branching out into new directions. Do you think you'd like to stay as a one and a half man team or do you think hopefully in the future you'll have you'll be a larger team? Uh, I'd love to be a larger team yeah I think that would be really cool and have more people to share the journey with and bounce ideas around from and just create a really creative and exciting environment yeah I'd love to see it expand. And, And would you also I presume now you operate just in the UK? Yes. Yeah and then for as a future would you potentially see yourself having international clients as well yeah i mean there's there's absolutely no reason why not i have once shipped to sweden um and it was a very smooth process (laughs) so yeah i would absolutely um consider going further afield See, I think this is such a great idea. The more and the more I listen to you speak about it, the more it kind of solidifies that it is because people will always need somewhere, you know, to live. So there's such, and people always need furniture. So there's such, I think there's so much longevity in your idea and in what you do. So I think that's just brilliant. Yeah. Thank you. It's really nice how passionate you are about it as well. You can tell it's your, your passion. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Live and breathe. Yeah. Furniture and textiles. Yeah, so nice. You're living the dream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, people do say you do need to love what you do. Which oh, it's so true. Yeah. And I mean, if this lockdown has taught me in particular anything, and I'm sure other people, it is exactly that. Like, you have to just be enjoying your time and kind of have your priorities in mind, I think. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for this interesting discussion. We very much enjoyed it. We will link all the links to Upcycle Studio in the description of this podcast and also on our Instagram. So thank you so much. Thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you, guys. Thank you, guys, so much for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to find out more about us, head over to our website where we post weekly blogs and follow us on our Instagram for updates. Bye.